Well, what looked like an improbable victory for the Angels turned out to be the ump show at the end of the game against the Astros last night. We're going to talk about that. Plus, we're going to talk about our continued conversation about where the Halo season went wrong, and we're going to talk about Mike Trout's struggles, and we're going to get into Perry Manassian's comments to the media yesterday. We're going to discuss that as well. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. If you're listening on the audio side, thank you. You can rate and review the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you're watching on the video side, hello. Please subscribe to Locked On Angels on YouTube and make sure you click that bell to be notified Every time a new episode hits, and today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from Blue Nile, and Locked On Angels listeners like you get $50 off a purchase of $500 or more. This is a podcast exclusive, so just use the code LOCKEDON at checkout for this special deal. Thanks for joining us here on Locked On Angels. You're locked on with John. I am John Frisch, one half of the Super Halo Bros and one half of Locked On Angels. My brother Mike is usually here with me, but fortunately for him, he's in Hawaii this week, so he's having himself a good time away from these Halos. And I want to talk about the game last night. The Angels dropped the first game of this series to the Astros 6-5 to after it looked like they could make a comeback. Let me break this game down for you. Noah Syndergaard only went four innings, three hits, three runs, four walks. He immediately gave up a two-run shot in the first to Aledmus Diaz, putting the Angels behind right out the gate, and that is just never a place you want to play from. They did get to Luis Garcia in the first inning, however. They got three walks and then only could muster up an RBI ground out from Jared Walsh. Later on in the game, Trout left with upper back spasms. He's going to be day-to-day, according to Phil Nevin, after the game in the postgame. He mentioned that, and so he was replaced by Monte Harrison in center field. Later on, David McKinnon would pinch hit for Monte Harrison. We're going to get to that. But after Noah Syndergaard came out, Jose Marte pitched an inning, got a strikeout. Andrew Wance struggled a little bit. Austin Warren came in, got a full inning, no no damage, and then Jose Quijada came in with two Ks, but all the Angels could muster up was two hits, two hits all night long, and that was Jared Walsh's RBI ground out and David McKinnon's two-run single that happened in the seventh. Let me break that down for you. Renjifo had an amazing at-bat. It went somewhere, I think, between 10 and 12 pitches, and it led to a walk, then Stassi grounds into a fielder's choice that ends up in error. Same thing happened with VR. He had a fielder's choice that also ended up in error. Marsh got hit on the foot, so that scored. Renjifo and then David McKinnon, pinch hit off the be- off the bench, gets a single, and it ties the game at five. And then here's where things went wrong. Rysel Iglesias comes in. He's got to face Jose Altuve. Now, here's an issue with Rysel Iglesias that everybody's concerned about. He normally sits 95 to 96 on his sinker, 95 to 96 on his four-seam fastball tonight, or last night, I should say. He sat between 92 and 94. He did not have the velocity that he usually does, and that is very concerning. But it didn't help that C.B. Buckner called Altuve's swing at a ball outside the zone a non-swing because that would have been the out that he needed. Plus, Altuve came around to score later on, so Altuve got a walk 
instead of a strikeout, which it should have been a strikeout. But for some reason, C.B. Buckner doesn't know how to ump from first base. I don't know what he saw out there, but that guy needs to retire immediately because he's nothing but trouble when he's behind the plate and when he's apparently when he's over at first base as well. And I understand that that was not the only issue the Angels had on this night, but I have to say, if this had been a run-of-the-mill Angels loss, I probably wouldn't be as frustrated as I am right now, but because it turned into the ump show at the end, because suddenly the home plate umpire, who had been calling a great game, honestly, I watched the whole thing, I even commented to my wife, Abby, I said, he's calling a good game right now. Things that were outside the zones were balls, and things inside the zone or touching the zone were strikes. Go figure, right? Even Shohei Otani argued a strike call that that looked like a strike, and he thought it was a ball. But all of that to say, it got so frustrating because suddenly he squeezed Rysel, and then Altuve gets that non-swing call when it was totally a swing. And the problem with that is, is Altuve came around to score, but if he had not been on base, Rysel held the next three batters. It was only 6-5, to five, but everything went wrong, and I'm convinced that the MLB hates the Angels if you weren't already convinced already. So it was a frustrating loss, and unfortunately, it puts us 12 games under 500. We knew this series against the Astros was going to be tough. Now, we do have Shohei Otani on the mound tonight, which is a saving grace. And the Angels did get some offense last night, so hopefully they can carry that into this game tonight and help Shohei and get him some run support. It seems like the truth is, is that we've only won games with Shohei on the mound. We haven't won anything else because something always seems to go wrong with this team. And over the last couple of weeks, we've only had wins when Shohei is on the mound. And that has everything to do with how good he is on the mound. But also, I can't understand how we get ourselves into the situation where we're playing from behind and then we're struggling and we come back and yada, yada, yada. It was the ultimate buttercup. And I I know that Rysel struggled. I understand that. But I have to say that the, the umpire stuff is just so frustrating and it continues to be a problem. I cannot wait for robo-umps, even though actually the non-swing call on Jose Altuve probably would still be a a human call, if I'm not mistaken. But all that to say, it was a frustrating night for the Halos. They got two more against the Astros, and then they have two against the Dodgers this weekend as well. So uh, it's not going to be easy getting to the All-Star break. And like I mentioned, Mike Trout left the game with upper back spasms. He's going to be day-to-day as far as we know, so it's not going to be an IL trip, fortunately. But, you know, it's never great when when Mike Trout has to come out of the game, and so that was unfortunate to see as well. But David McKinnon, how about that guy? Coming off the bench, coming through with that two-run single, and he stretched it into a double. That was great to see. The Angels took advantage of those errors in the field by by Bregman and, and Pena out there, so... It's really a shame that we couldn't come through and get this win because the bullpen was fired up. I loved the energy from Quijada when he got the strikeouts, and it was just exactly what we needed until the things fell apart in the ninth inning. So coming up on Locked On Angels, we're going to continue our look at what's gone wrong with the Halos and discuss Mike Trout's struggles. But first, Locked on Angels is brought to you by BlueNile.com. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. 
Com. They're going to help you create the engagement ring of her dreams. And you can have a classic look, a timeless jewelry piece, and give that to the one you love. And they will do it all with prices that you won't find at a regular jeweler. BlueNile.com is the original online jeweler. They have simple tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. And Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft the perfect engagement ring Every ring is one of a kind. They're committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry. And if it's not perfect, no problem. There's a 100% satisfaction guarantee so you can shop stress-free with guaranteed free shipping and returns. And if you need that special purchase fast, in most cases, Blue Nile can deliver overnight. Every order is insured and arrives in a discreet package that won't give away what's inside. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and listeners of Locked On Angels get $50 off a purchase of $500 or more. All you have to do is use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. That's code LOCKEDON at checkout. So go to BlueNile.com today. As we continue our conversation about where this season has gone wrong for the Angels, I wanted to get into Mike Trout's struggles this season. Look, even when Mike Trout struggles, he's still a fantastic player, and we've seen that over the course of his career. Unfortunately, when he does struggle, it hurts the whole team, and it really brings down the rest of the team. I want to look at two seasons. I'm going to look at 2022 so far. And then I'm going to go back to 2019, his last full season. 2019 was an MVP year, by the way. And keep this in mind as we discuss this. Uh, Because 2019 is said and done and 2022 is still in process, Trout has about 200 more plate appearances in 2019 than he does right now. So as I read these stats, just kind of keep that in mind. I went to Mike Trout's situational hitting. And this is the stats that show you how he performs in specific situations. It might be runners on base. It might be bases empty. It could be with one out, with two outs, things like that. So I thought it would be important for us to take a look at what Mike Trout did in 2019 and compare that to the 2022 season. If we take a look at his MVP season in 2019, Mike Trout bat 291. He had 45 home runs, 104 RBIs. Get this, 110 walks. That's pretty good. And 120 strikeouts. Let's keep that in mind. 11 stolen bases. He doesn't run very much anymore. And that was kind of the last year that he did. But when I look at Mike Trout's stats in situational hitting, let's run through these together. When the bases are empty in 2019, he bat 297, obviously. And then with runners on, he backed 283. Runners in scoring position, 297. Runners in scoring position with two outs, just 209. Not spectacular. He had 43 tries and got nine hits in that situation. Two home runs with runners in scoring position and two outs. With the bases loaded, Trout had 18 opportunities with the bases loaded in 2019. And he backed 500. He got nine hits. Four of those were doubles. Two of those were home runs, so he got grand slams in that. 26 RBIs from bases-loaded situations. And then, of course, with runners on and one out, he had a 305 batting average, 
with runners on and two outs. He had a 212 batting average, not particularly great, but he had a lot of those situations. And then, of course, this one's key, a man on third, which you want to get that runner home. Mike Trout had a man on third with less than two outs. In those situations, 16 times, he had eight hits, so he bat 500 there as well. Now, let's take a look at 2022. So far, Mike Trout has had 280 at-bats. He's got 24 home runs, 51 RBIs, 39 walks, and get this, 95 Ks. Man, that's 25 less than he had in the entire 2019 season. So he had 120 in 2019, and right now he's got 95, and we just hit the halfway mark. That's not the Mike Trout that I know, and that's not the Mike Trout who gets an MVP season. If you look at his OPS through 2019, it was 1,083, and this year, 974. So his on-base plus slugging is down so far this season compared to that MVP season. Now let's go through the stats right now. With the bases empty, he's batting 269. With runners on, he's batting 275, a little bit better. With runners in scoring position, this is key. In 2019, it was a 297 batting average. Right now, it's a 224 batting average. Mike Trout has been less clutch in 2022 than he was in 2019. Runners in scoring position with two outs, 158. Compare that to 209 in 2019. I understand that 209 is not great, but 158, ouch. He's only had two opportunities with the bases loaded and got one hit so far this season. And then, of course, with men on base and two outs, he's batting 276. And then get this, a man on third with less than two outs, he's batting 222. So he hasn't gotten that guy home very often. In fact, he's two for nine in those situations. But in 2019, he was eight for 16, batting 500. So it just goes to show that when Mike Trout is struggling, those scoring opportunities are few and far between often. And, and he finds himself in position to drive guys in very often. And when he doesn't come through, it affects the whole team. And with Mike Trout struggling this season, it's really been a shame because he hasn't come through in those clutch situations. Again, runners in scoring position, 224 this season compared to 297 in 2019. No matter what Mike Trout does, he's still a great player. And even these stats in 2022 are, are not great Mike Trout stats, but they're pretty good for any player, honestly. So I'm not taking anything away from Mike Trout, but I will say that his struggles certainly affect the Angels' ability to score, and that has been a huge problem. When he goes 0 for 26 over that losing streak, I mean, that's not a coincidence. He's not getting hits. He's not getting on base. He's really struggling. In fact, his walks this so far this season, 39. In 2020, uh, 2019, he had 110. So he's not on pace to meet that this season. And that's strange because when this season began, Mike Trout was taking a lot of walks. And Mike and I even pointed out that, like, come on, dude, swing the bat and get some runners on. But you know what? He knows better than Mike and I do, honestly. And, and he knows when to be patient. And it seems like that patience has been a problem for him. And then, of course, guys, I watched it happen last night. Guys are throwing right down the middle, and he can't catch up to the fastball right now. In fact, a lot of these angels can't catch up to the fastball right now. 
It's really bad. I don't know what's happened. I don't know why these guys are not seeing the fastball well. Maybe they're just looking for something off speed at all times and they can't catch up to the fastball. But all of this to say, Mike Trout has really struggled to deliver in the RBI department. Let's take a look at his RBIs, 51 so far this season, and he's got about half of what he had in 2019. So just when it comes to situational hitting, he just really hasn't delivered, and that's what the Angels have needed from him. So it just goes to show that while Mike Trout is struggling, it brings down the whole team. Coming up on Locked on Angels, we're going to talk about Angels GM Perry Manassian's comments to the media yesterday, and I have some thoughts about that. But first, Locked on Angels is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news. Of course, you can keep up with Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts. For our final segment of the day, Perry Manassian spoke to the media yesterday. In fact, he was in the dugout and there was a video of him going around on Twitter. I'm sure a lot of you saw that video as Angels fans, but a lot of what he had to say was kind of an echo of what he already said to Jeff Fletcher in the OC register. And we addressed that article on Monday. And so for me, I just kind of wanted to reiterate some of the things that Perry Manassian said and share those with you. So let's get into that. He said, it's on me. I'm in charge of the roster. He's talking about the Angels not delivering this season. He asked himself, what could I have done differently in retrospect? He drafted 20 pitchers and signed 19 of them last season. And to be honest, we had to do that. The pitching has been such a problem. And a lot of people applauded Perry Manassian for drafting 20 pitchers and signing 19 of them. And and he says the depth is not good enough. It hasn't been good enough. And, and that's where I kind of have an issue. We'll get to that in just a second. Guys haven't performed up to their capabilities. Well, we know that. Brandon Marsh has struggled. Jared Walsh has struggled. And then Perry said, I concentrated on the mound where we needed to improve the most, but that takes away from the offense. He said, bullpen's been hit and miss, but somewhat consistent. The offense is where we struggle. Perry Manassian said, there's no excuses. And so he holds himself accountable to what he gives the coaching staff. And he said, I'm here to build a roster that wins games. I listened to that and I just had some thoughts. First, he says that it's on him that because he's in charge of the roster and the coaches can only use what he gives to them. I understand his thought process there. I mean, he does put the team together, he gets the rosters together, and the coaches have to work within those means. But that doesn't mean that when you see somebody struggling at the plate, that the coaches shouldn't be able to correct that. I feel like when Perry says that the coaches can only work with what I gave them, well, what he gave them isn't bad. Jared Walsh is a good player. Brandon Marsh is a good player. We've seen them be good players. Jared Walsh was an all-star last season. 
and now he's struggling. But how come they can't fix it? These coaches should be able to fix it. So I understand Perry Manassian doesn't want to point fingers, but at the same time, he's given them a decent roster. I know not every spot has been great. We probably should have signed a shortstop like Carlos Correa. (laughs) As much as that would be turning to the dark side, we probably should have got somebody on that level to play shortstop. We should have gone out and got a free agent. Instead, we had Tyler Wade and Andrew Velasquez and David Fletcher over there. We had a, a rotating door of shortstops. And and he does admit that the depth hasn't been good enough. And I think that indicates Andrew Velasquez as depth. And he's played a lot of games. He's started a lot of games. Guys haven't performed up to their capabilities. I get that. But it goes back to the coaching staff. And they should be able to help these guys get to their capabilities. They've done it before. The staff hasn't changed all that much since last year. And so, especially the hitting and the and the pitching coach, we still have Jeremy Reed, we still have Matt Wise. They're still there. They were there last year, and things seem to be okay. And I have to say, the talent that was on the team, when I say talent, I mean the pure skill of the team. The talent who was on 2021 was not that great. Alex Claudio, Steve Ciszek, those guys drove me nuts. <laughs> and this year, the talent is much better. And so the coaching should be able to figure out what's going wrong with these guys. He's kind of walking back on the fact that he drafted 20 pitchers, but we had to do that. The Angels desperately need pitching in their system. And you know what? The draft's coming up pretty soon, and we'll get some hitters. We can do that. But I also have to say, when he says the depth isn't good enough, well, Perry, you've got a guy named Joe Adele sitting in AAA. Monte Harrison should not be on this team. You tried Juan Lagares. That's not depth. That's desperate. <laughs> you can quote me on that, please. That's not depth. That's desperation. To have Juan Lagares out there when Taylor Ward was hurt instead of Joe Adele. And Joe Adele did come up for a week and he crushed it. But now we have Monte Harrison out there. When Trout came out of the game, I would have loved to have seen Joe Adele play left field while Brandon Marsh played center field. That would have been fantastic. Instead, we had Monte Harrison let the ball roll under his glove and give up two runs because of it. When he says that there's no depth on this team, well, you're sitting on a gold mine in some situations. Yes, he brought up McKinnon, who delivered last night. He's brought up Stefanik, who struggled last night, but so far, so good. And you haven't put those pieces in place soon enough. Those guys should have been up a long time ago. As soon as Anthony Rendon went down, you should have had Stefanik up. You should have had a solution for not having Anthony Rendon on this team. You should have made a trade. You should have done something. I brought this up several times, but when Mookie Betts went down, the Dodgers went out and got Trace Thompson right away. They had a solution. And Trace Thompson is no Mookie Betts, but he's decent and he filled in nicely. Mookie Betts is back now. But I I say all that because... Perry Manassian is doing a lot of self-blaming, and I get why he's doing that. He doesn't want to point fingers, and he is taking responsibility. But I disagree with some of the stuff that he had to say yesterday. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on what he had to say, and go ahead and comment below if you're listening on YouTube, or if you're listening on the audio, jump over to the video and, and comment below, or reach out to us on social media. We'd love to hear from you there. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. Now for your second listen, make that Lockdown MLB Prospects show with host Lindsey Crosby. You're going to really love what he has to say. So much insight, so much information. He's a prospect 
encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. And with the draft coming up, with the trade deadline coming up, you're going to want to get in to the Locked On MLB Prospects show. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, you can follow Mike and I at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram and keep up with the podcast at Locked on Angels on Twitter. Uh, the Angels and Astros are back at it again tomorrow night at home, 638 start time. And as far as tomorrow, we're going to continue our conversation with what's gone wrong with the Halos. And we're going to take a look at the pitching this time. So that's going to be a great conversation. Until then, my name is John and my brother Mike is on vacation, but I'm grateful that you decided to join me today. And we'll be back here right here tomorrow for more Locked on Angels.